The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. A very powerful person in America is a true story. This is actually taught in law school in coaching your client class. That's what it's called, coaching your client. They, te- they tell you this story. So he was a multimillionaire, he was a politician, and he was accused of murdering a 17-year-old girl. And they came to court, and it's one of the biggest cases of the century. For he was, going to, he was one day going to run for president of the United States. He was going for it all. So this guy was very wealthy. He hired himself the best lawyer in the United States, $5 million up front. That's what you have to pay this lawyer. What is that called when you pay up front? Retainer. A retainer. I always thought a retainer is what you wear at night, but okay. <laughs> a $5 million retainer before the case. But this lawyer never lost a case. Against him as the prosecuting lawyer was a little schnitzel, 23-year-old assistant DA, just coming out of law school. No chance. But the way it works in the DA's office, it, it goes like lottery. And it came out to this kid, and he's got to now go and prosecute this politician against a $5 million lawyer. And the case begins, and the press is there, and they're like, there's no way that this kid has any chance. And... The, uh, the DA gets up, the assistant DA gets up, and he starts to prosecute, and the first, the first person he calls up as a witness is a lady that was outside the room. She heard a girl screaming, and she saw this guy leave the room at 3 o'clock. And he's pounding away, this assistant DA, and he's prosecuting. And now they come to the defense, and everyone's leaning in. The $5 million lawyer gets up, and he comes up to the, to, the, to the bench, and he says to the lady, Lady, what time was it that he walked out the door? She says, it was 3 o'clock. He says, how do you know it was 3 o'clock? She said, I looked at my watch. And what kind of watch are you wearing? She said, the Timex. And how do you know the Timex was on time? Maybe it was 3.02. Maybe one of those ladies who puts the clock a little bit ahead, so you're on time. Maybe it was 3.04. Did you check the Timex watch? When was the last time the Timex watch battery was changed? When was the last time a watchmaker looked at the watch? And now everyone's sitting in this courtroom. This is a $5 million lawyer. Instead of cross-examining the lady, he's cross-examining a Timex watch. <laughs> and the press is wondering what's going on over here. And I'm not going to keep you. And this goes on for a week. The prosecutor's prosecuting, he's got all his witnesses, and this guy gets up to cross-examine, and he's making a chayzik, a joke of the whole case. And Nebuch, this poor politician, is sitting there, and he's thinking to himself, five million dollars I spent on this guy, and, and, and he's burying me. Case is over, after five days, judge gets up, says, okay, prosecutor, first, summation. Give us a summation of your case. And the prosecuting assistant DA, this little kid, now he feels great about himself, because he won this case. He ripped this guy to pieces. This guy did nothing. In fact, the jury's sitting there, six men, six women, and they're saying, guilty. There's no question. There's no defense. He was definitely guilty. We're going to put him in the electric chair. He took away this poor girl's life. We're going to fry him like french fries. We're taking him down. But they can't say anything yet. So the assistant DA gets up. Summation, he gets up. Now he's got his new suit. And the press is writing, you know, the assistant DA, oh, this might be, if he wins his case, he's going to become a big lawyer. And he gets up and he says to the people of the jury, I just want to tell you that you must find this person sitting in that seat guilty of murder, first degree, punishable by death. He took the life of a 17-year-old girl. She will never go to the prom. She will never have children. She will never be married. She will never have grandchildren. Do you know what a life is worth? A life is worth a life. Therefore, you must find this person guilty, first degree murder, punishable by the electric chair. Amazing. He sits down. Amazing. And now the judge says to the other lawyer, to the defense lawyer, the $5 million man, summation. And the lawyer gets up, and he got a big smile on his face. He says, so you all think I got stupid, huh? You all, thought I, you all thought I was drunk. He says, 
The reason I didn't defend my client because there's no reason to defend my client. You see, what you don't know is that a week ago, this girl that supposedly was murdered called me. She's in Mexico. She ran away from her parents. There was no murder. And for all your information, at exactly 3 o'clock, it is now 2 o'clock, at exactly 3 o'clock, she's going to be walking in through the door in the back of the courtroom. Therefore, I felt there was no reason for me to waste my time in this whole court. Because if there is no victim, there is no murderer. And the assistant DA sits down and he says, I can't believe it. And the, ju the judge says, I was going to say guilty. The jury's sitting there, they feel so guilty now. They were going to kill an innocent man. And it's 2 o'clock, and they're all sitting there, and the clock's ticking, and it's 2.15, and it's 2.45, and it's a minute to 3, and everybody turns around, and they're watching the door. I'm supposed to turn around and watch the door. <laughs> and they're watching the door, and they're waiting for her to walk in. And it's 3.01, and it's 3.05, and it's 3.15, and it's 3.30, and they're sitting there, and they're schwitzing, and they're waiting, and where is she, and come on, at 3.45, and finally, it's 4 o'clock, she still hasn't walked in through the door, and the judge turns to the lawyer and says, I don't know what kind of game you're playing, but if you don't do submission now, you're going to be found in contempt of court, and you're going to go to jail too. And the brilliant lawyer gets up, and his client is sitting there, he's schwitzing, what is this Meshuggah doing to me? What is he doing? He's crazy. Listen to a brilliant lawyer. And the lawyer gets up, and he turns to the jury, and he says, you are all... You all were coached. You know, you know American law. You all know that in American law, to find somebody guilty, he must be 100% guilty by, beyond a reasonable doubt. Is it not true that all you members of the jury, judge included, and everybody in this courtroom, for the last hour, you were all looking at the door waiting for her to walk in? That means you were not 100% sure that she was dead. And therefore, according to American law, there is a reasonable doubt or you would not have been looking at the door. I file for mistrial. I file for my client to be found not guilty. And the judge and the jury sit there and the press start hitting their keys. He's not worth five million. He's worth 25 million. <laughs> Brilliant. He tricked them all, but he was right. If you looked at the door, that meant you had a doubt in your head that she could walk through. Then you can't find someone guilty. And the judge turns and he says to the jury, that's the law. Well, the law is you have to go into your room and you have to find a verdict and come back, come right back out. And he's sitting there and the client is clapping and the lawyer on the back and they're clapping each other and the press is going crazy. And they come back out after one minute, the jury they get back into the box and the jury lady gets up and she says, we the jury find so-and-so guilty of murder, first degree, punishable by the electric chair. And the whole place is going nuts. And the judge turns to the jury and says, you can't. You can't. This is American law. You can't make a circus out of my courtroom. We were all looking at that door. That means we were not sure. And the jury person says, I'd like to sit down and I'd like to have this young girl get up, because of her we found him guilty. And the whole place hushes and this young girl gets up. And listen to what she says. She says, I went into the jury room and you see, everybody in the room was looking at the door. I was looking at the accused. And the accused for the whole hour 
the whole hour from 3 o'clock to 4 o'clock, never turned around to look at the door. And the only person in the world that knows that she's not coming through that door has to be the person that murdered her. And therefore, we found him guilty. Brilliant girl. Brilliant case. And the law professor that teaches it says, therefore, if you're ever going to pull one of those shenanigans, tell your client to look at the door. <laughs> this is a true story. It's a very famous story in law school. What does this story have to do with us? I'm giving speeches here for a very long time. You all go to learn. You all go to speeches. And you have great lawyers that are telling you great cases and how great you are and your potential and what you can become your whole life. But if you don't believe it, but if you're the one sitting and not turning around and believing that you're going to come through that door, that you can make it happen, that you have the potential, you're guilty. You're guilty. Because no matter how good the lawyer is, the client, the person, has to believe and has to show that they believe. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.